0: to the Checker to Green podcast with your hosts David Maudy and Elliot Tardif.
1: Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, whenever and wherever you're listening to this. This is from Checker to Green. The podcast all about racing as told by three lifelong racing fans and from time to time talking about the business aspects of racing. The green it takes to take the green. Welcome everyone to episode 19. I am David Motti, alongside my colleagues Elliot Tardiff and Ryan Kolpak. Gentlemen, good evening. Howdy. Good evening all. How are you all doing?
2: Well, um, dealing with uh, a few uh, stray showers and storms here this evening, this Friday evening, May 28th. Um, And to be honest with you, that's not a bad thing. There's a little bit of a drought going on in much of North Carolina right now. Um, And of course, the uh, respite to the drought happens to come during the NASCAR race weekend over in Charlotte Motor Speedway. Um, But uh, looking earlier, it it appeared that they were able to get cup practice off without a problem. And uh, getting into the truck race this evening, I think they're... uh, in pretty good shape as well so maybe some some additional unsettled weather as we go through the weekend here so that could be something to keep an eye on especially for tomorrow and the xfinity race back over by charlotte but uh, that could be also uh, an issue for uh, indeed most of the state and especially um, later saturday and then into sunday uh, as you go further east out towards the coast so usually our beaches are big big attractions during um, an extended weekend like Memorial Day Um, but uh, we'll see how much Mother Nature helps or hurts with that uh, this coming weekend.
1: Yeah definitely we got some rain up here in, in New York State a bunch of local tracks have thrown in the towel for tonight possibly tomorrow as well some tracks are have decided that they're um because of mother nature that it looks like rain may win out but hopefully things will get better it looks like we're gonna have a night nice, a um, decent sunday and then a very nice memorial day around here
0: uh we're pretty much in the same boat here in buffalo Not the most favorable start off to the Memorial Day weekend. Here, we topped out at about 45 degrees. It's been gray and rainy pretty much the entire day. But fortunately, as the weekend progresses, we are on the upswing as far as weather quality goes. The rest of the weekend through Memorial Day is going to be bright, sunny. And each day, it's going to progressively step back up to those warm temperatures that we know and love around here. So we're going to call the weather today a necessary evil just to, you know, get it out of the way early.
1: That, uh, definitely, and um, you know, it, it, rain actually hasn't affect um, hasn't just affected here. It's actually affected Indy today and in Carb Day. So, gentlemen, shall we jump into our checkered segment and talk about some open wheel racing?
0: Let's do it. Let's
1: go. All right. So let's kick it off. Uh, if any of you listening have watched it last week the grand prix of monaco was ran uh it was ran on a non-traditional memorial day weekend it was ran the one week before memorial day something new that formula one um did this year something that they went back to um they used to do and it was a very interesting race right from the beginning charles leclerc qualified for the pole and after taking the checkered all of a sudden he crashed um they they went they looked there was there's questions was he gonna make it was he gonna was he not they thought it was the gearbox they looked. They changed it. Should be fine. And then all of a sudden, they discovered another problem right before the race. The left um, side drive of the car, the drive um, portion of it, was um, damaged. It was something that they they did, that they missed. That they thought was fine. They thought it was more gearbox. And with that. Um, Charles Leclerc could not start the Grand Prix of Monaco and in his home track he has not been able to um, take a checkered flag in any of those races that left um, the number one spot open Uh, Max Verstappen and Red Bull went to the officials asking if they could move to the grippier number one slot they said Uh, no, he still, he still has start with two. And with that said, um, he took the green and beat Valerie Bottas out, um, right into the corner. Um, he just beat him right off there. Lewis Hampton actually qualified seventh, his worst starting position of the year. And it was Max Verstappen leading from start to the end. Um, winning it, leading all 76 laps. Um, Carlos Sanz was, was second in the Ferrari. Um, Lando Norris was third. Lewis Hamilton just could not gain the ground. They had, they, they just, it was just tough, tough going for him. He ended up where he started seventh. And Mercedes had another issue, and that was with Valtteri Bottas, and in on his pit stop, boss was doing well. He was up in the top, in top three, looking for a podium, came in for his pit stop and the tire could not come off. They machined the nut to the car when they went to go try to take it off with the air gun. Um, they tried again, couldn't get off. That was it. They can't change the wheel and his day was over. Um, as of right now, um, latest reports that wheel is still stuck on the car and having to be machined off in England, um, or being taken off, um, and cut off in, in England at the facility. So, um, other nobles, Vettel got a top five. He finally got points this year. Um, Daniel Ricardo was 12th. Fernando Alonso was 13th. Um, it was a a clean race. Not many incidents. Uh, Yuki Tsunoda uh, and actually uh, Lando, um, I believe it was Lando Norris as well, both had gone black and white flag warnings for cutting the corners. Um, they did not. Um, do that after so no penalties were given but big shakeup in the standings as Verstappen with the way Hamilton finished takes the lead by four points he's got 105 and in the standings Red Bull jumps up to the top over Mercedes by one point and then the fastest lap actually did go to Lewis Hamilton so it did save him a a point there um, and saved Mercedes a point. So gentlemen, your thoughts about Monaco?
2: Well, this was an unmitigated disaster for Mercedes, no question. Um, And indeed, when you think about it, um, and we've talked before about the kind of the main headline for this year in Formula One, being this back and forth between Red Bull and Mercedes, that's your, your heavyweight fight for the title, for the championship, both drivers and, and constructors championships. And thus far, while Mercedes appears to have maybe a little bit more speed than the Red Bull cars do, the Red Bull cars, uh, the Red Bull team s- seems to be able to execute with a little bit better strategy and also, um, have have the cars there at the end, and not not have any major problems uh, during the race. Verstappen, especially, um, and especially as aggressive as he can be, sometimes. Uh, case in point was a few weeks ago, I think in I think in Portugal, um, where um, uh, he and, and Hamilton got together early on, um, but he made it work and he was able to, to bring home the win. while, you know, Hamilton for all and you know, he was, he, he should have had a much worse day than he did that day. Um, and he had, um, you know, this past Sunday, he probably had, um, maybe a little bit worse of a day than, than, um, his, his car indicated in terms of how fast it was, but Monaco is as narrow as that track is. You can't really pass. It's very tough to pass. And he didn't have a good qualifying run. He was, you know, got stuck in the back and then his team just did not execute on strategy. Apparently um, on the, uh, on the radio, Hamilton was very frustrated at that because he gave away a number of positions during the, uh, the pit stops. Um, and it sounded like he, he was on a strategy to maybe outlast them on that first stint. And they brought him in early anyway. So, um, Mercedes is making some missteps right now. Um, and the fact that Hamilton is only four points behind Verstappen, um, for all of the problems that he has had thus far this year, um, speaks, I think more to his luck than, um, the, the team that he has right now, relative to Verstappen. Um, so I think this is if, If Verstappen's going to win the title this year, it's going to have to build on um, what was a great day for him. Uh, It was a good day for Perez as well, finishing P4 after starting ninth. Um, So a very good day for him. Um, And just building on this for the rest of the year. Uh, There's, you know, a lot of races still to go. This, This is race number five um, of the season, according to racing Um, I think this is a 23 race season. Um, so there's still a lot of racing to, to come during the, uh, uh, the summer and all the way into, um, December here. But, uh, right now it was, it was a great day for, um, for Red Bull and it, it, they've definitely late, uh, laid out a very clear case why they should be the champions this year. Ryan, what are your thoughts?
0: Well, as you said, it was Lewis Hamilton has had the kind of luck on his side early on in this season that most drivers could only dream of. And whether this turns out to be an unfortunate cascade effect through the rest of the season or just, you know, an ill-placed bump in the road, the next race will be the deciding factor on that. And if they can hopefully turn that around, they could put themselves right back into contention with Red Bull. But I I pray that this isn't a sign of things to come, especially for the Mercedes team overall, not just for Lewis Hamilton. Because I don't think anybody besides Charles Leclerc had a worse time at Monaco than possibly uh, Feltier Botas. Because to get knocked out of a race of no fault of your own, that has to be the ultimate in frustrations. But one thing that's, I think, you know, slightly underappreciated from Monaco is Carlos Sainz's, like, extremely solid performance for Team Ferrari. It's the strongest they've looked in, geez, a while. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, his team should be you know very very proud of themselves for that performance and who knows maybe they could be the sleeper building up
1: you never quite know especially this early in the season most certainly and and i mean Monaco has probably not been kind to mercedes over the past few years and you look at everything um that is is going on with them and you know red bulls definitely i mean you guys points are all valid it's you know could this be could this race being a turnaround now granted any race can can turn the momentum back in their favor so we we do have to see what happens in the next race for them but yeah it's definitely not good (laughs)
2: But, um, um, and as a matter of clarification, too, um, earlier I mentioned uh, maybe Portugal, um, or, yeah, Portugal, where uh, Verstappen uh, took it to Hamilton early, um, that was Imola, um,
1: yes. and not Portugal,
2: yeah. so. Uh, yeah, correction.
1: Imola. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, sir. So, with that said, the other thing that happened this past weekend was indie qualification. Now, we did have a NASCAR event in coda in texas elliot's gonna have more of that in our spotlight uh, because of the events that happened there but we look at Indy qualification and carburation day the final practice and what a big step for Indy qualification um they had they would determine positions 10 through 30 on saturday the front nine that would be in the shootout on sunday and the five drivers that would go for the last row, and we talked about the in the last podcast about Ganassi and Andretti um, and Penske and the issues that Penske had. Well, that definitely showed for willpower um, and their alliance with Simona Di Silvestro and Peretta, They both had to end up along with Sage Karam and Charlie Kimball and RC Enner, uh, Anderson having to fight for the last row shootout. Your top nine actually consisted of um, for that Sunday was Scott Dixon, Colton Herta, Rains VK, I Carpenter, Tony Kanaan, Palo, Castroneros Erickson and Hunter Ray. Um, those guys all went for the top nine with Dixon Herta, and Kanan actually being the top favorites, top three, going into Sunday. And um, we had some excitement on um, Sunday for the last row shootout. Um, Sage Karam went out first and actually put a speed of 229, 156 to um, hold the top spot in the last row. Willpower went out, did a 228, 876. Then Simona Di Silvestro went out and did a 228, 353. 3. Now, Peretta tried in the last moments of Saturday to try bump Dalton Kellett out of the 30th spot. Did not work. So, RC Anderson went out and Charlie Kimball went out and they couldn't crack the top, the, the last row. So, all of a sudden, time's winding down and winding down, winding down in an hour session. And all of a sudden, Kimball decides and Fight Racing decides to put four cranks in the back of the wing to trim it out as fast as they could and nothing. Could not even crack it. And time ran out, Anderson couldn't go, and Nat locked in Peretta with a history-made first female driver and female car owner. Their team is going to consist of um, over-the-wall, um, I believe it's either four men and three females or three females and four men, um, which is another first. So that was very good um, for them. So Karim, Willpower, and Simone De Silvestro get into the last row in that order. That was for the Fast 9. And it was amazing. They went out in reverse order. And we had um, a, a really good fight for the front row. Renus VK comes out. Um. After Kanan, Palu, Hunter Ray Kesternos, and Erickson go, and VK lays down a speed of two thirty one point five five one. Um, and then or Kanan wow out near third to last. Sorry, Palu, Hunter Ray Kesternos, and Erickson all wow, out. But VK lays down a two thirty one, five five one. Then all of a Kana- sudden, um, Carpenter goes out and lays a 231.504. Right now, at that point, ECR had the front two spots with Pillow. Ganassi comes out, lays down a 231.032. Then Colton of rolls out and lays down a qualifying average of 231.655. Pressure on was for Dixon. And he rolls out and lays down in his final lap. He was fast. His average 231.685. Three hundredths of a mile per hour faster than herda. So your front row is Dixon Herta and Rena's VK. Um Other knowables, Tony Kanan will start um, in the middle of row two. Castro Nevis starts in the middle of row three. Alexander Rossi, row four. Pedro and the inside-outside is Pedro Ward. Some other knows last year's winner, Takuma Sato, starts in the outside of row five and fifteenth. James Hinchcliffe will be in 16th and row six. Uh, Scott McLaughlin, the fastest Penske driver, is in row six. Joseph Newgarn will be in row seven, along with Daly and Harvey. Um, Marco Andre in row nine. Simon Pagenaud, your 2019 winner, is in row nine. And Stefan Wilson is in row 10, just some of your nobles. And your highest point driver was J.R. Hildebrand. Um, who's going to start in uh, Yep, yeah, row eight. Mm-hmm. And Carb Day also happened today. Rain delayed it. They rolled off at 1.30 today. Scott Dixon was your fastest at 2.28, 3.23. two twenty seven one five seven, 2.27, 157 And Joseph Newgarden 2.26, 8.56, was your top three. Penske's showing some speed, but with carb day, remember the fastest is always not the best on race day as you've got 500 miles and three hour, three plus hours of racing. Gentlemen, your thoughts,
2: Ryan, would you like a first crack at this one?
1: Thank you, sir.
0: Uh, the, That hair's breadth of a difference between Scott Dixon and Colton are some of the most exciting qualifying I've seen in a good long while, it plastered a smile on my face that stuck there. And while I agree with your assessment on carb day, Dave, the fastest isn't always the best for that. But when it comes to the 500, if Scott Dixon can put the kind of performance across the entire race that we saw in the practices and the qualifying I see a, a trophy in his future.
1: I, I definitely agree. I mean, it is going to be very interesting to see what, what happens with it and where we go, uh, you know, what happens come Sunday because of the strategy, but he does look like to be the clear favorite. Um, Dixon probably was the clear favorite last year and, um, Takuma Sato got, got him on, uh, um, at the end and the car just started coming more to, to, um, uh, to, to Sato, but it, it will be interesting because Dixon is looking for his second, uh, running, uh, when, Probably another favorite you gotta look at is maybe Castro Navas and Myushenko racing, but yeah, it, it it just watching it that Sunday and seeing Dixon just beat him by whole or or hurt him by that much is is amazing, and it, it definitely was. Elliot, your thoughts?
2: Well, we talked about it in the our last episode. Um, how it was going to be Scott Dixon that anybody else was going to have to go through, um, to to win at Indy, be it the poll, be it the race, whichever. And that ended up, uh, proving to be the case in in qualifying at the very least. And he, there's there's some stiff challengers out there to uh not only scott dixon but to the rest of chip ganassi racing um you know you've got um uh ed carpenter racing we talked about them before um being really solid at this track uh you know Renus vk has already won this month so that's that's big for him ed carpenter um he's traditionally done pretty well here as well um you know, he's been in the, the sport for a long time. He's looking to get his name on the board, warner a trophy one time. Um, so that's that's big. Um, I think it's also big that you see two Andretti Autosport entries um, that made it into the Fast 9 um, mm-hmm. and are starting in the Fast 9. It's also equally notable that Alexander Rossi in a third Andretti entry was the fastest of the rest uh going off in uh position 10 um yeah. uh, aside ed jones and pato award um as a clarification there i uh, mistook ed jones last week for being with um ed carpenter and not uh, dale Coyne with faster sullivan so correction there <laughs> as well but with that said um uh having uh meyer shank represented in the top nine with Castroneves is a, um, is a little bit of a surprise. I question how much that momentum is going to carry, um, into, uh, into the race on Sunday. Um, looking at, uh, carb day speeds here, um, courtesy of, uh, motorsport.com. I really don't see him, uh, anywhere. Actually. Yeah, no, he's, he, uh, ran uh, 30th quick today in carb day. So, um, they may have figured something out for qualifying, but they've got a lot of work to do for the race, uh, tomorrow. But, um, looking at the carb day speeds today, um, here again, you know, Ganassi is, uh, you know, sending the signal that, uh, we are going to be fast and you are going to have to go through one or more of our teams. If you're not one of our teams, uh, and, in order to win the race. Now, with that said, uh, Sato and Ray Hall look like they've got some uh, some good speed, um, and Andretti is uh, you know still up there as well with uh, Stefan Wilson, and uh, Marco Andretti looks looks like they have some speed as well, um, running tenth quick and Carb Day after starting twenty fifth. So, uh, it's going to take a little bit of pit strategy, I think, for them to um, get towards the front of the field. Um, but there's some potential there. But yeah, definitely uh, Ganassi um, with, um, I think, Andretti Carpenter and uh, Ray Hall Letterman being the main challengers for, uh, for the, the Indy 500 uh, uh, win, uh, being the main challengers for the, for the Borg Warner Trophy on Sunday. Um, as for Team Penske, I don't think they've got the speed this year. Uh AJ Foyt doesn't have the speed either. I think they'll be lucky to um have somebody in the top 15. Um uh McLaren, uh, even though Rosenquist had some speed uh in Carb Day today, I don't really see them doing all that well. Um and uh Meyer Shank, I don't know. I don't I don't foresee them doing well either. Um it was um, it was great to see Peretta Autosport make the field with Simona Stil- uh Simona di Silvestro, um, but um, they've got some work to do as well um, if uh, they're going to be competitive on Sunday. So we'll see what happens there.
1: I, I, I definitely agree. I mean, I, I mean, especially with, with Penske and Will Power. Or, I mean, he, he he's going to have to work pit strategy to them. Um, I I will say this probably anyone who's who didn't qualify within the top um, you know top twelve probably is going to need a good pit strategy for that. So, but we we can touch more of that when we preview Indy in our um, green segment. But right now we've got. A, Turn it back over to Ryan. Bring the car in and get it um, checked over. And Ryan's going to talk to us about our social media and where to listen. This is From Checker to Green.
0: From Checker to Green podcast, we'll be right back. You like what you're hearing? Join the conversation. You can find us all over social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all from Checker to Green Podcast. Is there a particular segment you like? Tell us. A particular topic you'd like us to cover? Let us know. Your content is what helps drive our show, so we're always looking to know what you want to hear and if you're enjoying this episode find the rest of our library you can find us on podcast.com as well as apple podcasts at the from Checker to green podcast we hope to hear you soon and now back to the from Checker to green podcast
2: thank you ryan Our spotlight this week focuses on the recent races at the Circuit of the Americas in Austin, Texas. And most notably, the issues with the weather uh, during the course of the race weekend. um, Most notably during the running of the cup race on Sunday, um, where there was, it started off relatively dry, but then got wet very quickly, um, rain coming down with at least moderate intensity. Um, leading to essentially no visibility at different parts of the track for the drivers. And that led to a couple of very scary wrecks um, and a lot of very strong opinions afterwards about racing in the rain. Um, The rain did lighten up a little bit um, for the mid part of the race, heading into stage three, uh, but then picked up again um, late and NASCAR was left with no choice but to throw the caution and eventually um, call the race 14 laps early with Chase Elliott taking the checkered flag. Um, This was Chase's first um, checkered flag of the season, joining his other three Hendrick Motorsports teammates in the win column and also in the playoffs for uh, the end of this year. Kyle Larson finished second, Joey Logano was third. Ross Chastain. Ross Chastain was fourth for Chip Ganassi. A.J. Allmendinger um, brought Colleg Racing um, and their part-time cup entry home in fifth. That's their best finish um, as a team to this point. Chase Briscoe had a very strong run, uh, bringing his car home in sixth. Michael McDowell uh, showing continuing to show his prowess Um, on road courses, bringing his uh, number 34 entry home seventh. Bowman was eighth. Uh, Tyler Reddick brought his car home ninth after um, uh, an impressive one-off effort with Jordan Anderson's 31 car the day before in the Xfinity race. Um, And speaking of Xfinity, the Saturday uh, Xfinity race winner, Kyle Busch uh, brought his car home in 10th on Sunday. Other notables, um, William Byron was 11th, Denny Hamlin 14th, Ryan Priest 15th, Ryan Blaney recovering from an early wreck to finishing 17th, Brad Keselowski recovering from a spin to finish 19th, Corey LaJoy 20th, um, Matt Benedetto finishing 23rd, um, Austin Sindrick in uh, a part-time effort with Roger Penske finishing 25th. Kurt Busch uh, narrowly avoiding Austin Dillon and Kyle Busch heading into a slow corner when he got to hydroplaning and had no control over his car, but was able to narrowly avoid both of those cars, and uh, in so doing, avoid a very nasty collision, um, getting the car righted on the other side of the gravel trap and continuing on his way. Other notables, uh, Daniel Suarez uh, was the last car running, uh, finishing 33rd after experiencing some transmission issues during the day. Um, Truex, Cole Custer, Kevin Harvick, Christopher Bell, and Bubba Wallace were all involved in Rex during the day. And uh, Justin Haley finished last um, in uh, the number 77 Spire Motorsports entry. Uh, The day before in the Xfinity race, it was Kyle Busch taking home the win with A.J. Allmendinger second. Um, Kevin Harvick uh, made a rare foray into the Xfinity series um, in a partnership with B.J. McLeod, bringing uh, his car home fourth. Um, Justin Allgaier finished third. And then uh, this past week, um, he and his wife welcomed their second child. So congratulations to them. Um, Austin Sendrick finished fifth. Harrison Burton, Cole Custer, Tyler Reddick, Justin Haley, and Jeb Burton rounded out the top 10 there. Michael Annette was 11th. Jade Buford um, in his first season uh, brought his number 48 entry home 15th. Riley Herbst recovered from a spin to finish 16th. Brandon Jones was 17th. Um, Andy Lally and Spencer Pompelli, uh, two road course specialists, uh, finished 18th and 19th respectively. Um, Maya Snyder was 21st and Boris said, uh, who made a, uh, rare return to, um, to NASCAR driving the number 13 car for car along, uh, finished 31st, um, after stalling on course, Noah Gregson and his terrible, horrible, no good, very bad year, uh, continued with an engine failure early and he finished dead last in 36th. So uh, gentlemen, first uh, let's get your thoughts about the, um, uh, the finish and then we'll go ahead and uh, break down some of the issues with the rain and um, what uh, what was so controversial uh, about running in the rain but first let's talk uh, uh, the results. So uh, David, what are your thoughts?
1: Well I, I, I gotta you know cover you know the, the um, talking about the results and Chase Elliott you know, Hendrick has finally um, ticket or punched their ticket for all four of their drivers into the playoffs now. So a quarter of that field is Hendrick cars, and it you know we were waiting for Chase Elliott. He kind of knew it was going to happen. Um, you know, chasing afterwards that oh, you know, is you know. I didn't want to win my first road course this way, which he didn't, but, you know, now that, you know, he's won a few road course races, he'll, he'll take it this way. Um, you know, if anything, and he's in the playoffs, it's going to be a sell lock. So I, I think that was good. Um, Kyle Busch. Um, I just, I, I don't know. I, I think their strategy was off and the tires went away from him. Um, but his brother kurt bush navigating through that and you know the uh, you know going off course and just kept it going turned it around and got back in and didn't even get a caution on it um that was good uh, yeah Kyle bush won, won the day before and you know that's Ben. um you know his trend is he'll do these bush races and he'll y'all you know, he's a clear favorite but um Todd Gillen uh the the truck race was good I I did watch that and he you know he 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 did well um Tyler Ankrum was up there and you all know, Gillen just kept fighting and I you know he he got the best of it so yeah, I, I think the racing results were good. Um, I'm really thrilled that Chase Elliott actually finally got his win this year. Ryan?
0: Uh, massive congratulations to Chase Elliott on getting his win this year. I was really hoping to see him you know, be able to defend his title this year competitively and not go out with a whimper, so I'm glad to see he's in contention in the playoffs. And another little note, I don't know if you wanted to notice, but with Chase Elliott taking the win this time, it was the 800th NASCAR Cup Series win for Chevrolet. So, you know, congratulations to them. That's a major milestone. And the other thoughts that I have about, well, I'll pull up later when we're talking about the running in the rain. But still, all in all, congratulations to Chase Elliott. And, you know, hopefully he can, you know, flex that racing muscle of his and maybe, you know, salvage the season yet.
2: That is true, and um, yeah, there was some uh, some debate about, you know, some um, yeah, some debate about, you know, um, Chase Elliott winning the race in the way he did, um, knowing that he was on a different strategy that otherwise had the race run to its scheduled completion um, may have taken out taken him out of contention for the win. Um, but with that said, um, as we all know, Chase Elliott has been. In contention for a number of wins, um, especially earlier on in his career, uh, that were undone um, in various forms or fashions, and uh, fair number of them uh, not really of his making. So, um, you know, you you win, you you uh, uh, you lose ones that you should have won, and sometimes uh, you win one, you know, you win some that uh, you may not have. Uh, otherwise had an opportunity to. So uh, that's racing. But uh, with that said, though, let's, um, uh, let's talk about the rain. And let's talk about why this was uh, such a big deal um, and what went right, what didn't go right, and why this is important for NASCAR going forward. So uh, to lead it off, um, as we talked about, uh, there were some problems, uh, especially early on, in the, um, in the event with uh, some very bad wrecks. I think this was in stage one um, where you had a, a huge wreck with uh, Harvick, uh, Bell, Blaney, and Bubba Wallace. Um, and then later on you had um, Martin Truex getting into the back of Michael McDowell and then uh, running very slowly with a damaged car and then uh, Cole Custer f- running full speed into the back of Truex's car, a la Casey Kane, into uh, the back and underside of Kurt Busch, uh, excuse me, Kyle Busch, at the end of the Coke 0400 at Daytona in 2009, I believe it was. Um, So um, uh, some some very big wrecks there, and there were some very big opinions afterwards. Um, Kevin Harvick in particular said uh, something to the effect of that this was the uh, most unsafe that he had ever felt in a race car and uh, this was the dumbest decision that had been made um, with respect to whether or not to race uh, that he had ever been party to in his career um, so some some very strong words from him uh, Martin Truex um, likewise uh, uh, was uh, uh, has had some, uh, some criticisms, I think, of the, the day. Um, Kyle Bush afterwards called it treacherous um, and not being able to see at all. So being able to, having the, the capability to race in the rain um, for, for NASCAR at the very least um, has come about um, here in the last 20 to 25 years or so, um, originating at Watkins Glen um, and actually having run some, uh, uh, some practices and I think qualifying um, in, in the, the wet uh, at the Glen in the late 90s. That was kind of the genesis of all this. And then uh, the, um, the capability has been there since then, but it really wasn't needed very much until they went to, um, if memory serves, I think the next one was in montreal during an xfinity race in 2000
1: it yeah it was like it was like the um think uh, like 07 08 around yeah, was somewhere
2: time. uh yeah it was somewhere in there maybe 09 or 10 it was ron fellow's last win i think um and uh uh, uh perhaps uh most famously uh Carl Edwards delivering the the news most anticlimatically uh, on on live TV during his interview when he someone came to him and and told him that the race had been called and he turned around and said oh it's over oh they just said it's over okay <laughs> so um, but that was another uh, I guess controversial uh, race as well because uh, there was uh, a lot of problems with spins, crashes, and people crashing into each other uh, on the account of poor visibility. So there was that. Um, then you had um, uh, the first race on the Daytona road course. I think it was last, last February, and I think that one was done in the rain as well, um, or at least part of it, as well as the Roval. Um, and so, those um, seem to do seem to be run relatively well. You had the Xfinity race at the Roval last year, and that one was, um, uh, you know, with running a considerable amount of rain. There was a lot of problems with uh, with standing water. Uh, the race was red flagged periodically, and even when they were able to run, there were still issues with standing water on different parts of the track. Which um, got Chase Briscoe in trouble very late. Uh, He was leading the race and uh, hit a puddle and spun out. So I say all that to bring it forward to um, what happened on Sunday and how much was really learned uh, from everything that has happened to this point. What NASCAR needs to, you know, need should think about um, doing differently going forward because from a business standpoint, I think this is a very important thing to get right because um, for all those fans that came out to the circuit of the Americas on Sunday to watch these cup guys run, um, you know, it was, um, even though it was wet, um, you know, I'm sure they would rather be wet than having most of them having to come back on Monday um, uh, if they can at all to, to see the race finish. Um, so, I think it's very important for NASCAR to be able to run the race on the day that they say they're going to run it. Um, and that's important not only for ratings as we certainly saw with Daytona, um, uh, earlier this year, but also with, uh, with the fans that come out and, um, are hoping to see, uh, to see a race and hopefully a good race. Um, you know, whether or not, uh, Sunday's race was a good race or not is, you know, uh, somewhat debatable. But the fact of the matter is there was a race there. Um, And I think that the Circuit of the Americas proved that they're very much up for the task of hosting stock cars at their facility. And this is just me personally talking, but I hope they come back and uh, hopefully under better weather conditions uh, do return and run there. But um, so those are some thoughts to um, uh, carry forward into this discussion is it's important for, um, for them to be able to run in the rain. They're talking about it now, maybe with ovals, but where do you draw the line? So with that, um, David, I'll, I'll um, yield to your thoughts and, and hear what you have
1: to say. Well, the, the first thing I, I got to say is I was I, I was bothered by CODA. Um, with how the rain was, um, I, I think that first wreck between Harvick and Bubba Wallace and not being able to see, um, was, was very dangerous back backstretch. Um, for a track like that, I just don't think it's good for cup guys to run in the rain. Um, I mean, if you did if you did anything um you know maybe smaller tracks that works on like a Watkins Glen where you could navigate a little bit better a lot of drivers are familiar with it um I I don't know if this was because you know the the flack from bristol that came out and said well why ain't you guys running in the rain it's a dirt track when they literally had flooding going on and it wasn't safe um and here they run in the rain and it wasn't safe um especially for a new track that they're not familiar with um i i will say um i don't see this working too well if this happens at sonoma or at daytona case in point the xfinity series at the um course in daytona um this year had a couple serious wrecks in in the rain because it got really heavy um i just i just don't i i'm just not I, I thought I was in favor of this, but I think at this point you got, you got to put your limits. If you can't see, you need to stop it right there. And then if it's the next day, or if it's going to be bad, then step it right there. And then I can see sprinkles, um, maybe a light shower, maybe a moderate, but not that heavy. Um, those cars kick up a lot of rooster tails a lot of spray um, you you know, and, and it's just not stock car racing it happened with Formula One this year in um, Italy at Imola um, the, the rain was bad in the beginning it, it made it very difficult for the teams to for the drivers to operate so I just I just think that it's um I it, you talked about calling the line short track racing forget that you, you can't do it I, I mean it, it it just wouldn't work on a short track um I mean I case, uh, case in point I was watching Canada Land Atlanta Legends racing broadcast and they had heavy rain that cleared out a, a dirt track in the hot laps. War half speed and single file so you're gonna go single file on a on a racetrack um on an oval i i i think nascar i mean they owned up to it but um i i'm gonna say it they could have killed somebody out there sunday literally they almost did
2: absolutely Um, I think it's, they were very fortunate in how those wrecks played out. I'm thinking about Martin Truex, where even though he was damaged, he was still able to keep his car going straight. And that alone, I think saved him from, you know, a a much worse fate than, uh, than what ended up happening to him. He walked away, thankfully. Um, you know, had something happened with, um, his steering such that he, uh, turned and hit the wall and then came back off at, um, at an angle and was stopped on the racetrack when Cole Custer was, was coming in at, you know, 150, however fast he was going, um, would have been very bad. Um, so um, so yeah, there, there needs to be some pretty clear lines drawn um, because no question, uh, the speed deltas that are there and the lack of visibility um, is, um, it's a matter of time uh, and not very much before uh, serious problems arise um, if, uh, if this is repeated.
0: Ryan, what are your thoughts? Uh, I've been told that I, at times can be harsh in some of my criticisms. So, you know, think of me what you will, but the decision to continue the race in the level of driving rain that was occurring after what happened to Harvick and Bubba Wallace, the only word that comes to my mind for that level of decision-making is reckless. It was a reckless decision to keep that race going, there's a certain amount of rain where you can operate safely. And there are simple proactive decisions that they could have made. For example, if it wasn't for the first handful of laps, I would have said, you know what? Start your cars with the rain tires on them because that can eliminate um, some traction issues for light to, I'd say, maybe even moderate level of rainfall they would still have to be careful more so than usual, but it could be manageable, but driving torrential downpours where you lose all visibility. And for reasons that I don't know if I will ever truly understand, they continued that race. Like you said, I believe it was Elliot pointed out that you're gambling with people's lives. And specifically based on the crash, uh, Martin Truex Jr. and Cole Custer. The fact that those two walked away from that is nothing short of a miracle. And after that wreck right there, anybody with, again, call me harsh, anyone with even a moderate functioning brain in their head would have seen that and go, no, we, we got to stop. Like, as much as we want to have a successful race here for the first time, we can't do it at the expense of possibly costing one of our drivers their lives. So, frankly, that's the race going as far as it did should not have happened. On the flip side of that coin, do I think that Chase Elliott deserves to have an asterisk next to his name for a result of this? No, because that was none of his doing. And the record books should not take it out on him. But of course, that's just you know my humble opinion.
1: I, I agree. There's no. There, there should be an asterisk on this. It you win a race if it's called. Did they put an asterisk on Goren Johncock or Buddy Rice, or um, you know, at Indy when those races got called for rain? No.
2: Or they Michael did. Waltrip in two thousand three yeah. at Daytona. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean. Precisely. It, 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 it they don't, and you just—I mean, I—I I know that they've experimented with the rain tires. I mean, I don't know what you could do with with the cars. Um, I know the Dale, um, the Dale Junior download. They were, you know, someone suggested Dale and our junior, Maybe the cars should have big brake lights on them in the back. I, uh, you know, it, I, I just don't know what you could do you can't i mean the the way they practiced the way they qualified they just couldn't get around that track um maybe maybe that big of a track shouldn't have been used maybe they need to use a shorter portion of the track um if, if there's a way they could eliminate that back stretch that's where the big problem was was that back stretch was where they picked up a lot of speed anywhere else where they didn't pick up a lot of speed. They were fine, but it's where they picked up that great amount of speed where they are doing third, fourth gear got dangerous. So that there's where I kind of, you know, I said earlier, maybe Watkins Glen would be good because you really don't pick up that much speed on it. Um, in portions maybe coming out of the the carousel um going into the final few turns but in going into one but you know you're breaking into one at Watkins Glen so if you did it in the rain at Watkins Glen and, and they ran I think they could get away with that um Sonoma maybe but again I think that whole wide open issue that wide open track could be um the roval i think was fine um i i know they had some problems last year at the roval and they actually added more lights because of it um except some more temporary lighting um but i again smaller areas might be the better way to do that these big tracks i mean you're not going to throw rain tires on at the daytona 500 it's just way too dangerous, but you could maybe do it at Charlotte or or not Charlotte, um, um, Martinsville, but I don't know. I just i I don't know. It's um. it's such a a, a a a fine line, kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't, because you're going to catch flack either way. There's people who are going to say. Ah, oh, they should have ran. You know, they're, they're a bunch of cowards. Why didn't they ask? Because it's such a terrible decision. Now I got it. Now I'm not going to get to watch the race next day or I can't watch it that evening. And there's people who are saying, oh, they, they made the best decision. And then vice, and those people who complain, complain about the issues with the race. So I don't know. I, I'm i a little... I. I I I go back to my point that coda should have been stopped earlier, especially when the Harvick wreck happened.
2: Yeah, um, no question. There there were definitely some visi- you know some real major visibility problems uh, during the um, uh, the Cup race Sunday. And you were talking about um, one of you was talking about putting a um, a brighter uh, brake light on the back of the car. Um, two things come to mind there. Number one, they could have put a lighthouse light on the backs of these cars and it still wasn't going to, um, do anything because the amount of spray that was being kicked up, um, by, you know, 30, 35 race cars, um, all, you know, thundering down this, um, especially the backstretch portion of the track, um, at over a hundred miles an hour, was opaque essentially mm-hmm. so there was no real way of seeing that um, the other thing is that in terms of the length of the track um, I question whether or not the length of it is was um, an issue per se only because thinking about it further I think they ran an Xfinity race at Road America in the wet
1: I, I think um, they did too but they but but the, but here's the thing with xfinity compared to cup those xfinity drivers have been doing have been racing in the rain more than than the cup guys this just came all new what last year for the cup guys with 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 the roval
2: well yeah but at the same time though they have had this um, technology and capability over the years such that if they needed it they could but, use it
1: but they never would they never would do it in the cup I, I will give you case in point marcus ambrose in 2011 at watkins Glen. they had the technology they could mm-hmm. have ran in the rain it was a hard shower that eventually passed they they held it and then they were going to go try drive the track and another shower came through. Mm-hmm. It, why not? I, I mean, it, I, I think they waited on cup a little too long and now they're, mm. now they're, now they're having the issues just like with the when they did in the beginning. So it's, they've got it, it, NASCAR is going to have to figure something out. And, um, I, I if they can figure it out for the next row course and and do it correctly, then I think then what happened at Koda is going to go very mute very quickly. But if they have another issue like that, I I think that I think bracing in the rain's done. Well,
2: Another thought, too, is um, the amount of water that was on the track, um, you know, was uh, was another problem. And that goes to, you know, that that's directly correlated with how hard it's raining Um, and listening to the um, the scanner traffic during the race, um, especially, you know, during the I think it was stage two. Mm -hmm. uh, There really wasn't a lot. It was you had some light drizzle, some, you know, some some really light stuff. And they were able to do pretty good. Um, spotters were able to see, you know, relatively well. So, um, and they went to single file restarts. So it, that in and of itself was, you know, fairly manageable. Mm-hmm. It was when the rain picked up again that they said, okay, we've got to stop. Yeah. Um, now, going forward, that may be, you know, kind of the the, uh, the operating uh you know, thumbs up, thumbs down is, Mm -hmm. do you have a steady rain or not? Whether or not it's moderate or heavy, I think is, is academic. It's, it's a question of whether or not it's steady and it's more than light. Yeah. Right. Because that's when you're going to get the, the additional water on the track, that's going to get kicked up in these rooster tails. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, when you're going to start seeing hydroplaning and, and, you know, things of that nature. So, um, that I think m- might be where the line is drawn, regardless, be yeah. it road courses, short tracks, wherever else they decide to try to run this technology. If it's raining at a certain rate, then it, then the race is stopped.
1: I I, I agree with you. I, I I definitely agree with you on that. Um, it, it for sure. Um, it, it, and if that comes to a point, then they may have to decide, um, maybe they give the guys a full wet tire and, and Goodyear comes up with the air media tire, because if you've got sprinkles, you could put an air media tire on. And actually that, um, maybe, you know, that, that was the other complaint was when it started to get drier um, teams like the Cup teams and or like the truck teams and the Xfinity teams were limited to sets, and they just couldn't use the other sets. So, um yeah, that maybe some you know what they had. That was it. Make it last. Try run through what spots to try to keep the the tires going. So, mm-hmm. I, I I think I I you know. I think I got to see what happens. And I admit, I didn't listen to the scanners. Usually I do um, when I can. And that was a race I didn't. Um, but I was just kind of, um, uh, but I also was behind in the recording as well. I, I started like, cause of Indy So yep. yeah, we'll, but, we'll, we'll have to see what happens.
2: Indeed. But in the interim, I can tell you somebody that, um had a very good day out of all of this and that was rainix yes uh, because when they came they they stopped them uh to you know try and work on the cars you know let the teams work on their cars such that they could uh get better visibility and you saw team after team come mm-hmm. out to their cars with a couple of jugs of rainix and a bunch of paper towels so yeah um so that was, uh, I think that was a, a really good day and a really good product placement for them. So hopefully we see them on the side of a, of a race car again very soon. Speak uh, of
1: rain, I think I got to go put some on my car right now.
2: <laughs> very good. Um, and uh, uh, hopefully we don't see any rain this coming weekend. But um, either way, it's time to get the car um, put in the truck. And let's get to the track. And we're going to be going green right on the other side of this break. This is From Checker to Green.
0: We'll be right back to the From Checker to Green podcast. Are you looking to get your business to stand head and shoulders above your competitors? Consider Samurai Graphics. Samurai Graphics has the resources and the knowledge to make your business stand out to your customers options from designing new logos, business cards, letterheads to get your name out to your customers, as well as postcard invitations, flyers, stickers, signage, anything you need to advertise your business to bring in that revenue, consider Samurai Graphics. For more information, contact Samurai Graphics at Graphics 716 at gmail.com. Samurai Graphics, your business design solution. And now we're back to the From Checker to Green podcast.
2: Thank you, Ryan. It's time to go green and preview the most exciting day of racing. The Indy 500 and the Coca-Cola 600 from Charlotte Motor Speedway. Gentlemen, it's what we've been waiting for. It's what we've been waiting 364 days for. And it's here. Let's talk about it. Um, first, let's talk about the the greatest spectacle in racing, the Indy Five Hundred. David, what are your thoughts on who you think's going to do well, who's going to surprise, and who might not live up to the hype?
1: Well, I, I'm going to say clear cut favorite. I think is is Scott Dixon. We were talking about earlier. He's got the pull. He was fast and carb day. Ganassi's definitely, you know, laying it down. Um, I, but, but, but he, you know, if anything like last year or, or previous years, something could, you know, one thing strategy off could, could do him in. but I think he's the clear cut favorite. Hands down, uh, Colton Hur is definitely up there. Um, I think somebody who, who's going to have a good day is um, is probably pedro Ward and Renis VK. Um, look for those guys to be up front. Rossi always puts it out on race day. Um, he, he's, he's just there. Um last year he got bit by a, a wreck um I I believe I think it was brake failure and that was it. Um he's you know he's always good. Um I I like I think anyone out of Ganassi and the Andretti stables are going to be your favorite. I will say surprise favorite. Um, if you want my surprise pick, um, I think it's a guy who's probably due for a a good showing, um, is Kanan. Um, Tony K- oh, and Marco Andre. I think those guys are due for a good showing, and I think will be. Does Helio get his fourth? No he will not. I just, I just don't think my I, I think my Shanks good, but I just don't, I, I will be shocked if he does. Um, he goes up uh, with, um, Marco or he goes up with LMS or drew wing four different wing four five hundreds with multiple teams. Um, but that will be interesting. I think your best rookie will be McLaughlin. He's going to probably get rookie of the year honors. And finally, I think Simona Silvestro does put enough good showing it. They have that Penske alliance. Um, Roger Penske was very, very pleased that they made the field. Um, today, he was talking about it. it was something that he pushed, so... I think I wouldn't be surprised he shares some race, you know, that Penske team shares some race day secrets for them to do well. Um, and I think she puts a good showing in, um, which which will be good. So, um, yeah, that's what I think. <laughs> oh, and I will put it this way um it will come down to um a late pass at the end um in the closing laps for someone to win it whether that's Dixon or someone else but it will happen clean start great finish at the end
2: Here's hoping Ryan what are your thoughts
1: well,
0: as Dave put it, Scott Dixon is the clear favorite here. He had the speed. He's got the position. What he needs to be able to do now is have the endurance. You got to go the distance. And with people like Colton Herta and Renus VK, who already have wins this season, hot on his heels, this isn't going to be a victory handed to him on a silver platter. He's going to have to fight for every mile. If he can, the trophy is his. But that's not something you can just, you know, cruise in and hope in the last few laps it's like okay now I'm going to stab up no no that's too late so while I believe he's the driver to beat this run I don't think he's unbeatable and that's something that needs to be in your head at all times Dave I agree with uh your assessment of Helio Castroneves you know I think his uh spot as eighth in line I think that was just blind luck on his part I don't think he's going to have a garbage performance this race, but I don't see him finishing in the top 10. Pity, really. And as far as surprises go, I think the surprise that we already had was Ed Carpenter taking fourth. You know, that's a man leading his team by example. So I think it would be unwise to sell him
1: short. I mean, I definitely give Carpenter credit. I mean, I could see that. But I will say one thing, and, Elliot, I think you can probably agree with me on this. Um, Graham Hall needs a big sign out for Sebastian Bourdais to stay. Do not pass me in the corner.
0: Indeed. <laughs> mm. Yeah, no, no, that – if it, that has a repeat it, performance, it, it's going to be ugly.
1: In, in Bourdais' luck, I, I will say this. If Bourdais does crash, I sat I, last time. I think he's out of the 14. Sooner than, than later.
0: Well, we'll see what happens. Indeed, we shall, sir.
1: Yeah. I'm looking forward to it,
0: whatever happens.
1: Yeah. Indeed. What are your thoughts, Elliot?
2: Um, well... You know, like y'all, I think um, Scott Dixon is going to be the bellwether, um, but I don't think he's going to win. He's really nope. Um, You know, I think it's, it's a rare thing to see somebody with that much speed and lead pretty much every single session, be it qualifying um, or anything else, be able to string together an error-free 500 miles um and come home with a win um it happens sometimes but i don't think it it uh it happens often so i think dixon um he'll he'll definitely lead a lot of laps but i question whether or not um everything is going to fall his way to get him the bottle of milk at the end of the day Mm -hmm. um whether or not it's uh it's one of his teammates be it canaan or Pelot. Um, or um, or somebody, you know, Ryan, you talked about, um, you know, Ed Carpenter and uh, the speed that he's shown thus far, renus VK as well, uh, his teammate um, who has won um, the Indy uh, Grand Prix on the road course earlier this month um, and has a front row start um, as well. So there's them um, and... Uh, you know, I agree with your thoughts, uh, David. I think you were talking about uh, Castro Neves. I don't think they're they're ready for prime time yet. So um, if they can finish with the top 15, I think that'll be a good day for them. Um, you know, Connor Daly showed some speed and carb day today, but I think he starts a long ways back. So unless he has a Juan Pablo Montoya-esque dominant car when, when he won a few years ago, um, I don't foresee him uh, being a threat for the win either. So I think it comes down to uh, pretty much any of the, uh, the Ganassi teams and uh, one or more of the Ed Carpenter teams um, and maybe a couple of the Andretti cars as well. Um, but I think my pick for uh, who's going to win on Sunday is probably, I'm going to go with VK.
1: I, I, I like those odds and yeah. and he would um he does that um, I know it didn't happen last year Dixon almost pulled off the win the road course, win the 500, Paginel has um, did that in 2019, win the road course, win the 500 so you do mm-hmm. win the road course race you do actually have some good luck on your side for that and mm-hmm. very good chances of pulling that sweep so Yeah, Yeah. I I mean, and and considering where VK was um, over a year, uh, about a year ago when they went to Texas and he crashed, Mm -hmm. um, he does that. I think he makes a very good statement. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if you want to see another statement made um, is look for Tony Kanon to make a statement. Um, Chip Ganassi probably needs a good run out of him because mm-hmm. if Jimmy Johnson is pretty, if Jimmy Johnson is serious to do a few more years, we don't know if he decides to do a few more years in IndyCar, having a strong run for that 48 is going to be huge so indeed. we will see where it goes um yeah it's indeed baby Indeed.
2: um to put a period on things um i think um uh somebody that might surprise might be a marco andretti uh, i think somebody that might um might disappoint um i think might be uh um uh, i think you know, Colton Herta starting as well as he is, um, you know, certainly he, he um, you know, would lend some thought to him doing well, but he had no speed and carb day today. And so I'm looking, I'm, I'm thinking he's probably going to disappoint. Um, David, I know we were talking about um, Di Silvestro and Peretta before. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if they can get a top 25 out of the day, um, it may not be on the lead lap, but if they can get a top 25 out of the day, and be there at the checkers, um, Mm -hmm. and stay out of trouble, that's going to be a big day for them.
1: Yeah, most certainly. And, and now I'll be disappointed if they have a rough day.
2: Yep. Now let's talk about the 600 in, uh, in Charlotte, the longest NASCAR race of the season. Um, gentlemen, what are your thoughts?
1: Well, yeah, the longest race and the, 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 Longest day for me that um, DVR comes in handy and I'm staying up late watching the race. Um, Mm -hmm. It is, I think it's going to be interesting. I know Chase Elliott is making his 200th career start. So that would be very fitting for him to win there. Um, They've got, um, looking at the entry list because qualifying is tomorrow. Um, you know, as, as we record, so they don't have a lineup yet. One lap qualifying, impound the car afterwards. Thirty-eight cars. Um, I'm, I'm gonna say, um, my thought is, a guy who's always good at Charlotte Truax. I think Truax will be good. I think Hendrick's going to have a good day. Um, does, I mean, does Kurt Busch, um make a statement with him announcing this past week, he's going to retire? Um, Actually,
2: does, he was, uh, that was a, a fake news account. What? Yep. Dang. And then um, Kurt think
1: Then, then um, he needs to ride that and and put it out all on the line on sunday
2: well he will but in the interim uh he put out a video um uh of the segment of wolf of wall street the movie wolf of wall street um (laughs) where uh leonardo dicaprio is his character um uh was going to leave and then abruptly changed his mind and said I'm not leaving. Uh Kurt Bush superimposed his face on top of Leonardo DiCaprio (laughs) and put that out on his on his Twitter. Um so it it definitely caught um you know set the uh the NASCAR Twitter sphere abuzz first at the rumor that he was retiring and then uh then finding out uh from Kurt Bush himself he's like uh no I'm not going anywhere.
0: Well
1: that (laughs) fooled me. Yeah, well, see, that's um, how you turn something around in your favor. With that man, respect yeah, for that. That somebody's trying to light, light a fire under under him, so um, maybe, yeah. Um, I, I'd like to see him do well. I, um, yeah, I, it, but if I have to clear cut favorite, will probably be Truex. Um, I kind of looking at the field. Maybe a you know someone who I would be disappointed in would be any of the Hendricks, uh, Gibbs. Do I think they're going to have power? You know, I think they'll do well. They'll probably put on a decent show. The rest of them, except you know, I, I really think Truex could be there. Um, I, um, the other team. Uh, get ah, man. Um, I'm drawing a blank here. Oh, Stuart Haas. Sorry. Um, uh, Harvick, maybe, maybe finally gets a breakout. Um, turns around nearing, nearing getting flipped over at Coda. Um, like a pan, like a pancake on a griddle. And, um, maybe he has a good run. So, but, um, yeah, I, I'll be disappointed if, um, if Hendrick has a bad day.
2: Yeah, I think um, Hendrick for sure, um, and I think all the, pretty much all the Chevy teams um, look like they're, um, they're a threat to win. Uh, just looking at today's practice speeds, um, Austin Dillon was, uh, was quickest, um, you had uh, Bowman and Larson in the top five as well. Uh, Eric Jones was up there for the, uh, the Petty 43. Um, and then you had uh, Byron in ninth and Chase Elliott in 12th. Um, not a whole lot of blue ovals uh, at the top of the leaderboard. Um, and the Toyotas, you had to wait a little ways to get to them before uh, Kyle Busch in 10th. In, uh, in um, but with that said, this is going to be a race where clean air is king. So if you can get your car running in a line where nobody else is, then it could be a very good day for you. So I'm thinking of these guys that can run the, the top groove in particular. Mm -hmm. So drivers like your Tyler Reddick or, um, or your Kyle Larson, those, those kind of drivers that um, are known to get pretty comfortable running up next to the wall in the corners and having the PJ one up there as well. Um, So if they can get that figured out and be able to run that top line and be able to stay in the throttle um, much longer uh, than the competition, especially later on into a tire run, because uh, typically, um, you know, the, the mid part of the race, it's a long green flag run, right? Um, mm-hmm. So stages two and three, I think will be that. So I think that could uh, potentially be a big uh, benefit for them.
1: Yeah stage it well yeah and remember it's a four stage race it is um
2: and you know the the end of it you know there's always a late caution that jumbles things up at the end and again clean air is king so you might see somebody that hasn't been up front all night that all of a sudden is right there for it at the at the end but for me i'm going to take probably one of the um the hendrick cars um I think they're, uh, they're showing a lot of speed right now. Um, you know, could, uh, Harvick or, uh, or Keselowski do something? Sure. But I think, I think they're going to have to go through, um, the, uh, the Chevys and, uh, potentially maybe one of the Gibbs cars too, one or two of them. But, um, uh, but I think the, the, uh, somebody from, from the Chevy brigade
0: will probably carry the day. Ryan, what are your thoughts? Honestly, I wouldn't be overly surprised to see a repeat winner at charlotte honestly i think currently coming in strongest in that arena would be martin truex jr with three wins on the season so far so you gotta say his chances are at least you know decent to good but i think you're right elliot i think when it all boils down to it it's going to be one of the chevys that's gonna when it boils down to it it's gonna end up carrying the day that's kind of what i expect out of it all in all super stoked for this coming weekend and all the racing it holds, I think it's going to be a good time.
1: Indeed.
0: Yes, sir. So transitioning now to our final
2: thoughts for this episode. Um, David, I'm going to let you carry us through this. Uh, um, Our final thoughts today are about uh, somebody that's been in the sport for a very long time and a well-deserved honor that was recently given to him
1: yes thank you elliot and it the person we're talking about is dr terry trammell um if you have heard of his name or if, um or if you've heard of his name or you probably have um if fell indycar racing his name's come up quite a bit if you haven't and you're hearing about him first time i'm going to give you a little brief on this on him um Dr. Tra- uh, Dr. Terry Trammell um, is won the 55th annual Lewis Schweitzer Award, which is for his work on um, biomedical engineering for IndyCar driver's safety. Um, Dr. Trammell is a, um, he's done orthopedic. Um, he's, if you read Dr. Stephen Olvey's book, um, rapid response or see it on Amazon prime. Or if if you've listened to the dinner of racers podcast, they've talked to Dr. Trammell. Um, He, he liked racing. He grew up in, you know, he grew up following the Indy 500. He went to the Indianapolis Motor speedway. Um, He tried working the, the infield, the medical facility, Was okay, you know. It was okay. His experience, he said. And then he started working for Methodist Hospital, and he had to work Indy 500 race day because it was not considered a holiday. Um, some of his well-known accomplishments has been Danny and Geist in the 1981 Indy 500. Um, He helped reconstruct. He did a procedure to. Um, reconstruct the bone And put it back together In the legs that he broke um, In his horrific crash In 1984 He's um, Rick Mears almost lost Both of his feet And um Due to a crash at San Air Um And Dr. Trammell fought And got him back to Indy And got him recovered Um and most notably, Alex Zanardi in two thousand one, he saved his life with quick thinking. Um, if it wasn't for his quick decision, he would have um, probably uh, Zanardi would have lost his life right there and then. Um. So he's been part of the IndyCar safety team. Um, if you, he, he's. He was interviewed by ABC News in 1981 Indy 500. You can watch that on YouTube and see them talk to him about it when he gives the update on Angias. But um, some of the things he did was he also worked with Olve to in the 90s to um, help develop data from crashes using the latest technology. They found out GeForce database, they published papers regarding the injuries that occurred in IndyCar and um, they figured out, you know, the need for the Hans device and, you know, they figured out how to get the Hans device to work in open wheel racing. Um, You know, he, he did very well. And one of the him and Ovi probably paved the way for, safety in IndyCar racing. Um, Grand, we still have had loss of life, but, um, you know, according to IndyCar.com, talking about just what he did was good. And this is, this award is actually presented by engineers to engineers. So if you think of his accomplishments, he, from the medical side, he really engineered a lot, and I, you know, he's one of the well-respected doctors, um, him and Dr. Olvey, and I, I'm really glad to see that that he won this award, um, just because he's done so much for IndyCar safety and really helped pave it for dangerous times. Gentlemen, your thoughts?
0: Well, I must have to take this moment to tip my hat to Dr. Trammell. Well earned reward. We're both his engineering work and his medical work responsible for saving a great deal of life and limb out there on the IndyCar circuit. So, to Dr. Trammell, as a lifelong racing fan, thank you, sir.
2: um you know for me uh you know I'll, I'll um simply echo what uh, what y'all said and um appreciation of what Dr. Trammell has brought to um to the world of motorsports and um you know uh actions that he's taken to uh, certainly save lives save careers um and you know so, uh, all the innovations that he's he's brought to um Uh, that he's brought to motorsports that he's brought to indycar um and um you know the the motorsports community being a better place um for him being in it so uh congratulations to him and um here's him being a part of the sport for a very long time still
1: here here yep here here so gentlemen is been a pleasure to record another episode with you we had a great episode want to thank our our listeners hey you know if you listen pa- pass it along we will we we, you know we're, we're three racing fans you know taking time to do this and and we love talking about all racing so if you listen to us you know and you're listening to it you know give us a shout out to people. Tell, tell people about it. We're, we're looking to grow. So we appreciate for listening and we're, we're looking to have more people listen.
2: Yep. This is, um, Celia Tardif saying thank you, uh, for, uh, for listening this evening, um, for partaking in, um, in our thoughts and, um, uh, opinions on things and, uh, Again, please, uh, like, like David said, um, if you like what you hear, um, then you know, please give us a shout out to friends of yours that uh, are into, into racing too and uh, are looking for, um, for another podcast to listen to. Uh, we'd um, be very appreciative um, of, uh, of any recommendations. Um, and also, uh, you know, like uh, Ryan said in our, our uh, commercials as well, uh, if you got any feedback or things you'd like to hear, or things you'd like to hear less of, uh, please let us know, too. Um, but uh, uh, we'd love to um, uh, build our audience uh, in the coming episodes. Um, thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one.
0: And yeah, this is Ryan Kolpak saying our sincerest thank you to all of our listeners out there. We appreciate that you take the time and trouble to hear what we have to say every week. And if you enjoy what you're listening to, not only give a shout out, but you know, tell a friend about us. Say, hey, you know, these three, these three knuckleheads here—they're pretty fun. You know, give them a listen; it'd be worth your time. We appreciate you for doing that. We appreciate you constantly supporting us, and uh, you know, raise a glass to the finest weekend in motorsports, and we'll catch you on the next round.
1: This is from Checker to Green.
0: Thanks for listening to the Checkered to Green Podcast. For more information, check out our Facebook group, Checkered to Green Podcast. Tune in next time for more insight into the racing business with the Checkered to Green Podcast.